and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.FM or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the self-titled LP from Not, K-N-O-T, and it starts out with a song called Fallow. Boston-based trio who broke up about five years ago, and the three of the three members went on to various types of social activism, and now they've reunited and added a fourth member named Joe Demanuel Hall, and reemerged as not a four-piece. Yeah, I think they were very mathy. We had the good fortune, I think, of seeing them at one of the worst venues in Austin back right before they broke up, and I remember. God, I wish I were seeing these guys in a better venue, but the talent is unmistakable that I think when you're making music that can be so off-putting in its angularity, and we played at the end of that section, which was, it's pretty much a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, pretty simplistic structure, and that guitar line that has a lot of clarity, but is not inviting mm -hmm. at all, and that a willingness to do things that are technically very skillful but are not on their surface as pretty or welcoming and to do that on your first track is i think cocky or just confident i'm not sure but it is i think a, a diff unexpected way for to start an album and i think this is also an unexpected way to write a hey we're back baby kind of song where instead of focusing on, isn't it great that we're back making, making music, but it's, no, it's a celebration of, hey, taking time off was actually maybe important mm -hmm. and let's celebrate that mm -hmm. before we celebrate the fact mm -hmm. that we're back. And it's, I, I like that. I think it will be a challenge for you to get through this podcast without saying math rock too many times. But I think the reason that 
I often don't like bands that fall into that category is that the lyrics and the vocals tend to be emotionally distant and removed and very dispassionate. And the reason that we went to see Krill originally is that the vocalist and main songwriter Jonah Furman is the brother of Ezra Furman, who is one of my favorite performance and performers and definitely one of the most electrifying live performers that you can see today. So I think you know, Jonah kind of shares this very emotionally intense vocal style and that really and the lyrics in this record are very personal and direct and that drew me in a lot more than I think it would have otherwise. Yeah, I think the combination of that kind of sometimes a little showy guitar work and this band having brought on an additional guitarist is I think even showier than Krill was able to be just by virtue of that. And I think even on a couple tracks, all they, their bassist switches off and just plays guitar. And then there's three guitars, mm-hmm. but they're able to strike that balance between intricacy and elegance. And, you know, I said that that initial guitar line is a little off-putting, but then there's another guitar instrumental section that it's a little more welcoming. And then the actual meat of the song I think the guitar work is really pretty. Mm-hmm. Like there's this melody that is so gentle and is such a great counterpoint to Furman's heart, heartfelt lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful. And I, I think just a wonderful welcoming back of a new band, but also kind of the old band. And I think going from this weirdly down-tempo kind of chill, hey, we're back, baby, we get what, was the second track which was actually the lead single which cranks up the energy and the anxiety in a big way it's called foam i appreciated the quivering such a fun change up where we instead on the first track there was actually a fairly long instrumental build up here we get right to the meat of the matter and we have a verse chorus first chorus then the chorus and that's typically like oh you're building up this tension and then there's this great cathartic release is kind of what i'm expecting instead that chorus is so distressing 
and yet very satisfying. This guitar line that is swooping up on some weird scale that I've never encountered. It feels mm-hmm. so alien and apocalyptic, which is appropriate for a song about someone kind of stuck in bed and then goes and sees, oh, the shoreline's gone because of global warming. Whoops. <laughs> and yeah, it is really a bummer and very, yeah, just a so kind of hopeless. It's it's not, hey, I'm going to solve this problem. It's just like, well, I failed and I didn't even enjoy the beach while it existed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also just, it's an interesting, the lyrics are interesting from the point of view of someone who had gone to work in a field that was kind of geared toward hopefulness and like we can change the future and then kind of being in a working on the bernie campaign well yeah (laughs) but i mean but i mean i think also as a labor organizer like there were some other positive things beyond being a bernie bro but going from like kind of having a hopeful attitude toward the future towards i i don't really believe in people power anymore and there's just not, not really much to be done and it's sad there's something to be said for the hope has to be with realistic belief. You can't be unrealistic about the world. And he's just like, yeah, the world is pretty screwed right now. And this is just a kind of, well, let's acknowledge that in this way that's high energy, but a total bummer. Yeah, and the song is so disorienting just because it changes direction so many times. It's very, it's, I feel like I never really get a handle on where it's going. And as you say, it, it seems to be kind of building toward this chorus, but then the chorus is, it doesn't have the release that you would expect. Yeah, the, the verses have, I think, three or four different, very divergent musical ideas crammed together. I think they work, but it is, again, it's, it is satisfying and unsettling simultaneously and completely appropriate for these times and for this subject matter. And I think that feeling of hopelessness from this perspective of, I believe in global warming and I believe it's too late to, I think, a different kind of hopelessness from a different political perspective on the next track. It's called I Live in Fear. Who's that at my gate? of this song it's really coming from the perspective of one of these militia members who believes that any amount of unreasonable white fear justifies pretty much anything and that it starts with the line who's that at my gate and are they coming for me if we take our boot off their neck how much justice will they want and it's 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 kind of catchy and light in the melody and so the lyrics uh, provide a nice contrast yeah it is I think really getting at one of the irreconcilable or things I can't quite get about this time of how there's this notion of people are like, well, uh, we're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and it will never backfire. We'll just 
push harder and build bigger walls and it'll never the the order of things will never change there will never be a class war where we get it strung up and we'll just keep pushing harder just push keep them keep them down and it is yeah that yeah succinct statement of i think a very complicated and really depressing subject Mm -hmm. and i think in contrast to that previous song this chorus is really catchy it almost Mm -hmm. has a kind of fun sing-along quality to it Mm -hmm. even as it is a yeah a fear and sadness one thing i find kind of interesting here and i think the drummer really gets a chance Mm -hmm. to shine is there even in this catchy chorus excuse me there's this weird speed up slow down speed up slow down happening that's subtle but i think keeps us feeling disoriented even Mm. when the song on first listen it seems like oh this kind of a actually really straightforward catchy song but that rhythm shift keeps it really interesting and really unsettling and it's in a different way from the previous song yeah, and the other thing that I like about this song is how, um, and, and I think this whole record is how high in the mix the guitars are, and they just create, they're really, the production is really clean, and it just gives it a very, as you said before, angular, gang of four feel with, with that guitar line. Yeah, I think there's a nice contrast between the rhythm guitar, and I think uh, Jonah Furman is on rhythm guitar, and then the new member, Joe Demanuel Hall, I think I'm pronouncing that correct, is on lead, and that trade-off is really effective here. So the next song we'll play is called The World. about the stuttering stop of the drums that we really have a lot of changes in tempo here and i think what i like about this song and really this whole album is there's almost a jazz-like sensibility of how these songs are very the tempo varies a lot and the tone just changes on a dime but they all seem like they're moving together and it, it the members of the band seem like they are just in great communication and like connection with each other yeah well it's to have a new band that's actually really just a reunited mm-hmm. uh, existing band that had, had quite a i don't remember how many how many years they were together but they put out a, a, a fair bit of music and toured a fair bit mm-hmm. and so ian becker here the drummer and i think he was a little more subtle when I called him out earlier. Like, oh, he's just gently changing the tempo here. Very, very flashy with so much different change, you know, change ups of the rhythm and then these crazy, very melodic symbols. And he's very 
high up in the mix. And this entire thing, it's, it really feels like kind of the best of 90s rock, but with super clean modern production. I was just going to say, like, if it was 90s rock, I would think it would be much more sludgy. And that's, yeah. I really like the production on this record. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that it's, they are, again, the confidence in themselves that, yeah, we don't need to sludge stuff. Each of us is able to do these very sharp drums, very clean, high guitars, and complicated structures and we don't want to add murk to that we Mm -hmm. want the sun to shine through and through this i think this is a nice follow-up because you know we talked about foam and i live in fear are both really deeply pessimistic songs and this is i I wouldn't call it optimistic Mm -hmm. per se but there's at least a call to don't despair like, mm-hmm. don't withdraw from the world, hence mm-hmm. the name that it's just like, yeah, something good could happen, something bad could happen, but I choose to be in the world where one of those things is happening. I don't want another world. I want this one, is what yeah. the chorus is. And so, given that yeah, the, in this time where so many different things are going wrong, the temptation to escapism is certainly there. And this is a nice call to turn away from that. Again, not, I, not quite optimism, but at least much closer and I think much needed. Uh, one thing I do want to call out is I think a songwriting style I'm not sure how much I'm in love with is that how many of these songs, the chorus is just the same ver- the same line repeated a bunch of times, three, four, or five times. And I think maybe it's a nice balance out to the verses, which are often very intense and sometimes kind of dense. But it's still, you know, I find myself a little bit like, okay, come on. I get it. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I also think that like lyrically, this record is very direct and there's a clear message that they're trying to send on a lot of these songs. And so having a repeated chorus like that, where it's just, or just, you know, one phrase or one line repeated, you're really hammering home what it is you're trying to say. Yeah. And as you said, a lot of the verses are very dense and a little bit tough to parse. And then the the chorus will often kind of punch it. Yeah. punch it through yeah there is something to be said for directness subtlety is not necessarily a virtue when uh times are tough and the you are trying to inspire people to do the right thing and that's definitely the case on the title of the next track which is called justice Thank you. 
this track, I think, in its way, is a nice successor to the world where that was a call just turn away from escapism. And then I think this here is a turn towards maybe we can find a little shred of hope in solidarity and that it has a lovely structure where there's a first first chorus, which is about justice. And I think the chorus there is a little dark where it's a lot of suffering pain and being kind of alone and then reaching out to someone. And then here we have, well, now I know better because I'm now I'm together with someone. We have that solidarity and I can heal from the pain and learn from it, and become stronger and we can become stronger together. And if that ain't hopeful, I don't know what it is in this time, in this dark, dark time. <laughs> I like the production on this song because it's different from, I think, the rest of the record. The, guitar, the rhythm guitar is doing a lot of the work and there's a little bit more effects on the guitars that kind of make it sound like a more, um, I don't want to say harmonious sound, but you, you hear the sound all with all of the instruments together rather than hearing them each so cleanly, which is a nice effect, but I like that it's different. And the, the rhythm guitar and the drums working together really drive the rhythm of the song. Yeah, in there's a way that, yeah, that lovely interlude between the verse and the chorus that ramps up the energy so high. Mm -hmm. And it's like perfect again for this hopeful, hopeful take on the world. And there's still you know, lots of kind of cute and weird sounds. There are these guitar squeaks. And then in that second chorus that we heard, there's a lot of these kind of muted harmonic playing mm -hmm. that is not it's a slightly unsettling but it does give that sense of building to something and then coming into that out that instrumental outro on this track we do get this new guitar sound kind of come up that has much more kind of airiness and prettiness to it and it's really satisfying yeah so the next song we'll play is the penultimate track and it's called orange The same. But if you want, I'll be an orange light for you. Things you want, and what I need aren't the same. Mm -hmm. on the guitar yeah. yeah it is so playful 
and keeps things a little light on this track that is you know personal and kind of a bummer you know this you get this someone who's trying way too hard but trying the wrong things and it's oh I, I kind yeah. of feel for him but also like dude yeah it's kind of an outlier because it's about personal relationships rather than commentary on what's going on in the world which is what most of the rest of the album is consumed with yeah well and i think it's good though that uh there is some variety it's not just this heavy slog of you know a first track that's hey we're back and now the rest of this this is saga of how the world is doomed and the best you can do is just hold hands while it burns like there's a little bit of like yeah you're life goes on and yeah. part of life is a relationship that's maybe uh-huh. not doing so great uh, I will just straight out uh, straight up here shout out the band for doing an interview uh, on Stereo Gum where they just s- said yep this is what this song is about and this is what this song is about and I appreciate that I don't always get it right so they were really nice slash yeah often you will state definitively what a song is about and I will say that seems really wrong like i definitely read it differently so they're either saving me from myself (laughs) which thank you or they're depriving me of the pleasure of coming up with uh weird and strange interpretations of songs well yeah i mean there's definitely artists who are you know john roderick is one of them one of my favorite songwriters who will never say what a song is quote unquote Mm -hmm. about because he's like the the entirety of the song and the music and the lyrics i chose are intended to convey something it's not you can't just pick it apart and say well this is what it's about yeah and in this case well they're telling (laughs) us what it's about and I'm okay with that in this case. Yeah. It's uh, no, I like it too. The and to have yeah, this you know, the, it, it does seem like they have really thought about the narrative here because it has this really heavy political theme, but I think they've done a good job of oh, here's kind of a more personal. Hey, we're back as a band, and then there's some really dark. The world is pretty doomed. Uh, There's a personal track that we didn't play in there and then a couple of the more political songs and then into the end of this album and then pivots back to being a little more personal and even metaphysical. And I think it's good to have both of those because I think either one to the exclusion of the other, it wouldn't be it wouldn't feel like a complete artistic statement. Yeah, you really feel like the band is excited to be back and excited to be making music together again. And I read some interview with Jonah Furman where he talked about how the reason that they quit Krill or they disbanded Krill was that they felt like making music was sort of a, a, a young man's game. I mean, they're all still really young, but it was time for them to move on and do things that were kind of more important in the world. And you get the sense that maybe they have finally realized that making art is one of the most important things that you can do. Yeah. I I definitely get the sense that, yeah, the art is going to be part of the picture and that they're still very active and clearly care a lot about the world. And I'm very glad for that, but I am also glad to have this music back. It is, it is not an easy listen for sure. These are uh, prickly songs, and they don't—they don't demand to be loved. They just are confident in themselves and say, "Here I am. You are welcome to listen to me." Uh, I'm glad I did. I think that it's—I uh, I think ever since the foam dropped, what in early July, I've been really looking forward to this album, and I think it 
lived up to that anticipation. It took a few listens for me even to decide whether is this really something we're going to do for the show and because mm-hmm. we have to listen to it a lot in order have, to do it. Yeah, and it's it seem it's on its it's not the easiest listen, but I think it is a worthwhile listen. So we're going to go out with the last track, which is called Space and Time. And again, you've been listening to us discussing Not, K-N-O-T, and their self-titled debut as a new band. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. BFF.FM Podcast Network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.